Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Mike McPeak, and with me today is Julie Keel. Hello, everyone. And Jeff Sire. Hi, everybody. And this episode, we're going to be covering the 2018 movie, Annihilation. A biologist signs up for a dangerous, secretive expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. Again, a nice, simple, one-sentence explanation of a movie. And you know what? I'm going to go have to read the frickin' book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I watched this movie. It's a fine movie. I you know I can be a little obtuse once in a while, but I just didn't quite get right the point. I yeah. will admit I was pretty much enthralled with this movie. It was I mean yeah. visually it was stunning. It sucked me in, and I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, uh, um, and it's part of a trilogy. Of course, it's a trilogy. Everything's uh, a trilogy. I know all the good ones anyway, because then you have to. Uh, read through them to get the movie but uh yeah i am tempted to read the book because i understand that you know the, translating a book to movie things that are explained well in the movie just don't uh translate into a visual medium um so you know that uh there may be something lost in translation and i think i read somewhere in the trivia too that the guy based it loosely on the book so you know the the book could you know explain more and be I don't want to say more interesting, but more explain uh, explain more. Um, yeah, there there was a lot unexplained in the movie, without a doubt. There was there was basically like two or three conversations that explained something, and that was it. I mean, I like that though. I I like, I'm I, not sure I disagree with a, you. That was a yeah. I really like that because it 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 left it up to you to try to. It's one of those things like there's not any right answer. It left it up to you to figure out what's going on. And I think it's perfectly okay for a movie like this if two people sit in the theater and see the same movie at the same time and then come out with kind of different opinions of what was going on. Well, and it's the mystery of it that makes you want to read the book. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, okay, exactly what happened. And the sequels, you know, the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. And this kind of plays into um, like – I know a running theme for me with the podcast is when we talk about aliens, like I think there's a good chance that uh, if we ever do encounter aliens, that the, the um, kind of like the, the most likely thing is we won't recognize that they're intelligent at first. And I think at, at the end of this movie, did, was there aliens or was it just like a, a virus that was infecting them that mimicked our intelligence back to us uh i thought this was great i i will say that one of the one of my top books of my life um and i don't think we've covered it in the podcast is the book earth by david brin and um spoiler alert um the the punchline at the very end of the book was basically you know we go out into the far reaches of space and encounter other intelligence and they all go, yes, so what? Um, (laughs) And that's kind of the thing going on here where, you know, basically this annihilation that's going on, um, the the one you walk away with and the movie gives you the impression that there is no mal intent here. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly how, 
you know, like if we were to go to Mars, how we would destroy the environment there. You know, we would just show up and yeah. do our thing, and and suddenly everything that was there would be dead. You know, um, so yeah, it it's the I I really really appreciated that particular twist to it. The fact that you know this alien life form, if we can call it that, we don't even know that. Yeah. Um, well, this kind of reminded me of uh, when we did Rendezvous with Rama. Yes. In that there's this big thing of like, oh, what's going on? What are they trying to tell us? This big interaction. How are we interacting with this alien? And at the end, it, like they might not even know we were here. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that I mean that is a, such a human characteristic. It's so human to want to know why uh, we have. Well, this... and, and to just make the assumption that. Well, we're so important. Like, obviously, they would want to talk to us. Like, nah, <laughs> we might not be. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, the, everything has to happen for a reason. And and if somebody's, you know, if a life form or some event is happening on the planet, well, it must be for a reason. There's there's got to be something behind it. And, and this this movie movies, just blew that out of the water. Yeah, look, movies like this and run and stories like Rendezvous with Rama. They, to me, they they really stand kind of stand out because so much of our uh, science fiction uh, film and and books uh, wh- that involve aliens involve the ET type alien or like yeah. the childlike yep. oh you poor simpleton us humans have to teach you something whatever it might be like either. Like the last starfighter is teach them how to fight. In you know, like a lot of times it's we have to teach them how to love. We have to teach them something. And in the end, like this stands out to me because like now we're totally insignificant. Right. Uh, yeah. Not or, even. Yeah, maybe not even insignificant. Just um, I I can't even put it. You know, it's like it's not even like they acknowledge us. It. it uh, it's it's there. It's just interacting. It's like um, you know they use the words uh, you know it's like a prism uh, refracting our DNA or something like that. I mean you know it, further our, on our show notes here we only have two tech in here. One of them is the shimmer, and we can't quite is it tech? Is it living? We haven't quite nailed. I don't know if we can nail that one down. But then the effect of the shimmer is that our DNA gets modified in uh, bizarre ways unique ways yeah when we say our we mean everything's dna yeah, yeah. everything uh, the, the the building blocks of life is completely rewritten so yeah well it starts out we, uh they uh when once they get into the shimmer they run into a sharkinator or a shark uh, gator <laughs> or something good yeah. lord let the discovery channel take hold of that one huh <laughs> huh uh, yeah, and so you know, they're examining it there, and I didn't get it right away because I'm not a big gator person. But yeah, it had rows of teeth like a shark, but it was a a, a gator. So it's like uh, you know, uh, a, it's taking DNA and uh, messing it with like a tinker toy set. And what can we build by splicing them together in different ways? And also, it yeah. was a big damn gator. The, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was that was like prehistoric size gator. Um, so. Yeah, there was a whole lot going on there. 
it, it, the, the, the most bizarre one for me, and I don't know enough about the science. This is a bit of science that probably should have looked up or, or gone back and tried to figure out exactly what they were talking about. But um, there was a, a quick scene where they come across these topiaries. Shall we call them that? That are plants in the shape of people. It's really oh, yeah. kind of creepy when you first see them. It's like, what the hell? You know, it's it's kind of like, well, it reminded me of Hiroshima and Nagasaki where, you know, you see these burnt, literally people burnt to a crisp and all you can see left is the, the minerals that were in their bodies in the shape of a human. And this that's what you see here, in, except it's a plant, uh, a growing yeah. living plant. And one of the, the, the gals in this um, said something to the effect of, and she's the one who basically pinpointed it, is that what you're seeing is like a prism. It's, it's not blocking communications. It's scrambling it. Um, the same with the DNA. It's not, it's not killing us. It's just it's making it so you can have interspecies modification like a shark and a crocodile. And in the case of those human topiaries, it was some human growth gene that had gotten uh, spliced into plants so that they grew into the shape of humans. And it was really freaky. Um, and then there was a scene later in the movie where one of the gals, and, and just as a, I refer to one of the gals, the entire team here was female. We had like five, yeah. five females going in there after like several, um, you know, away teams <laughs> um, of military men, I believe, prior to this. And so they, you know, trying something different, they sent in a bunch of women scientists to see what happens. But one of them basically just got overwhelmed and said, I can't deal with this anymore. And she walked off into the forest or jungle or whatever you want to call it. And you could literally see her sprouting flowers on off of her skin. She was just, she was just done. She was just modifying well, herself. Well, that almost makes you wonder, I mean, is there a, a, a bit of self control over this if you care to exercise it because yeah as she's walking you could see the it, i didn't catch it right away but i could kind of see like sprouts coming out of her when they went around the corner uh she was apparently in there somewhere i couldn't tell which one was her but she had turned into one of these things and like you said she just decided to i don't know go native or whatever phrase you want to use to describe that so that would seem like there's a little if you if you decide to exercise it or is it some self-conscious thing um there's another way to look at the movie you should go back and watch it as these people transform is there some sort of psychological something about the psyche going on there? or do you just know when things you're weird you feel really weird and it's so weird that yeah. you know you know like well I took it that it was not only messing them up physically, it was also affecting their minds mm -hmm. uh, so that they weren't sure what was real and what wasn't and that well, kind yeah, of stuff. So, the whole time distortion thing right there is going to mess with your head. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they start with like, okay, how long have we been here? Like, well, we're missing four days of rations. Does anybody remember that? No. <laughs> it's like, that was freaky. Yeah. Well, what did what they say at the beginning when they were interviewing her? She thought it had been like uh, a few a uh, few days, maybe a week or a few weeks, and yeah. it was what four months? Is that what yeah. it was? Long time. Yeah. So I mean, and again, is that time dilation or is it just messing with their heads so that they just lose chunks of time? Well, yeah. I mean, if it's refracting or you know messing with DNA, I suppose it could 
theoretically mess with time too because why not well it was messing with everything it was basically messing with the laws of science physics biology all of them um it was messing with communications it was messing with dna it was Uh, i don't know if was i don't know if was messing with the laws like of science like there's nothing that happened that couldn't be explained with what they said about like this is this is just having some effect on dna like like physically, when they fired bullets, the bullets didn't stop in the air. Uh, gravity still worked. Sure, there was all of that stuff still happened. And then, uh, in one respect, any of the really weird stuff you could you could just chalk it up to like, okay, well, are we're not even sure? Oh, what's the uh, faulty narrator or untrustworthy narrator? Like, you're not sure that you can re- rely on the people who are telling the story, right? Because their minds have been affected. They don't. They're not measuring time normally. Like just because she didn't realize that four months are, had passed, did doesn't necessarily mean that time was dilated or anything like that. Well, uh, I'm. There's a couple of ones that I think are pretty clear that the the laws of science as we know them were being bent massively. Uh, humans don't grow flowers. Um, you don't have interspecies propagation, so you know that's yeah. But you could well, like we we splice genes into tomatoes and stuff like that. Just like this is that Arthur C. Clarke thing of like any any technology that's sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Like my point is that like that stuff that we saw, like there's nothing to say that you couldn't genetically enhance something to make these things, right? So well, that not necessarily there were any laws that were broken. Yeah, and to be to, to be I mean if a, if a person pushes it a little bit too, those those laws kind of break down anyway. I mean things like insulin is taken from pigs and injected into humans. Um the yeah. fact that like you monkey stuff is being used to generate, you know, stem cells by, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that are kind of blurring that whole line between species type of thing. Yeah, but so, like we share like, what is it? Like 95 percent of yeah. our, of the DNA with a fruit fly. Right. Like, right. so, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I thought this was, I didn't think this was like crazy sci-fi. No. I thought this was just. Yeah, it wasn't uh, science fantasy. It was dancing on the edge of possibility. Right? Yeah, I think it was that far out there. Like you were saying, it was sufficiently advanced technology that we we're like, you're not supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> and um, essentially, this could have just been some sort of space virus, right? Because mm-hmm. viruses just pull off chunks of DNA and rework it, and you know that's what they do. Um. So there's nothing to say that this couldn't have been some kind of space virus that uh, that was able to manipulate DNA in a way that we've never seen here on Earth normally. I love that description, a space virus. That's pretty much what it felt like. Something fell to Earth and we caught a cold and it was it was spreading and it was, you know, making a mess of things and we didn't know the, how to kill it. We didn't have any antibiotics. That, 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 is different uh well doesn't like i don't think my explanation covers is well then what's the shimmer because it was some sort of a field or something that was expanding and you never really got to the bottom of of 
what was causing it. It was, you know, this meteor crashed and then something happened. And it was just this effect that was continuing to expand. Was it expanding as it as it uh, absorbed more biological life? Like we don't really know and they never explained it. So I'm with Mike in that I really like to read the book and yeah, me hopefully too. it explains. Yep. Well, yeah, and like and like I said, I think the the guy played, from what I can gather, may have played fast and loose with the the book. And he said he had only read the first book; he hadn't read the other two books in the series. And he didn't go back to reread it to do the uh, the movie, so he may be a little hazy on stuff. And he treated it. What did he say? I think something like he treated it like a dream or something like that. So um, it may be that the book, you know, it may explain more maybe uh, is slightly more satisfying uh as far as the story goes i mean you know as far as watching the movie i think we all liked the movie and yeah. the way it was presented and everything uh but just something that you know satisfies this human need to you know categorize things and understand it and have it you know make sense in you know some way right and i think this movie if there had been um, to use your word a little more satisfaction with it you know a little more Mm -hmm. understanding of what was going on this could have been right up there at the top with you know like europa report and that type of stuff because it was (laughs) it was it was brilliant i mean it was beautiful to look at the acting was top notch the special effects were awesome um, yeah. And the story is really, really good. I absolutely love the story and how it was presented. I'm just a little confused as far as right. what happened. And if I was less confused, I mean, I could it could have just blown me out of the water. Yeah. Well, and there was no, um, you know, I call it in for a penny, in for a pound moments where, you know, you watch the movie this much, you get to something that's kind of uh, doesn't quite uh, uh, mesh together, but you say, "Well, I've watched this song; keeps going." I don't recall there was any of those because, you know, you, you know, we always say we uh, if a movie creates its rules and follows it, we're okay with it. Well, yeah, yep. Uh, what you know, we weren't quite sure of the rules, which I think was fine because, yeah, then, yep, yeah. Then you, then you can play a little fast and loose and not have it be a glaring. Yep. glitch or a MacGuffin or whatever. This one, this movie essentially broke even from what I understand which f- frustrates me because I don't know if there's enough incentive there to do the sequels so we're going to have to read the books. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, it does really feel like it needs a sequel. Um, it does, it, you know, it really feels like it needs to have the next movie to explain what exactly happened there at the end and what was going on in the first place and the one of the burning questions i've left left the movie with was uh, i can't remember the gal's name the psychologist who was hell-bent on making it to the uh, lighthouse dr ventress ventress there you go um what was her story um (laughs) there there was just a lot of stuff there that you know she 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 said a few things you know there was some explanatory conversation there going on but not nearly enough to understand why she was hell-bent on getting there and why she was, you know, what she knew as far as... She was, well, she was dying, right? Right. She's the one that had cancer, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Was she hoping that somehow the shimmer would mutate her cancer or mutate I, her? I think 
that was part of it because I think she realized as realized that there was some sort of mutation going on, and I think she was balancing the idea of like, okay, well, I'm going to die, and so I might as well die doing something productive. And then there was also the thought that okay, well, maybe this thing can fix my cancer. Yeah, and I need to go back and watch that point when she goes into the lighthouse. What exactly happens to her? She morphs into this glowing wormholeish type thing. Yeah. yeah, she gets consumed by something and turned into some other being, which then mimics Lena. And yeah, that that's yeah. that's a that's a whole lot of visuals. It reminds me of Space Odyssey two thousand one, where you yeah. get to the end and it's all these kind of visuals, and you're like, "What the hell was that about?" <laughs> yeah. And it's like, "Okay, read the book." Okay. The reason it was what the hell was that about is because there's no way you can do that visually. You have to use words to describe what's going on. And I suspect that's the case in this movie, too, that some of what was happening just you, – you just can't really do it very well visually. What was that other one, the Matthew McConaughey film the that with the multiple Inter- dimensions? Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, that yeah. was another one where I was thinking, you know, they, they did a bang-up job trying to make the visuals work, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking that – the book there, the you know, some text would have been real helpful to understand exactly what you're seeing. Here's a question for you guys <laughs> that I've been wanting to ask you since I saw this. Do you guys think that that was Lena at the end or that she had been replaced? <sighs> she'd been replaced. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Yep, yeah. she'd been replaced. Yeah. Well, because I kind of lost and track it was when they better were better at replacing. It was getting better at duplicating because it, it, didn't make a perfect copy of her husband, but it seemed to make a much better copy of her. So yeah. it's, I thought that right. was part of it that like it was showing that it's getting better at at you know uh, cloning or whatever it was doing. Well, then they did that whole and again, you know, visually it was interesting. Maybe the book would have put made, put more meaning to it, but the whole doppelganger dance. Um, I, I get that they were trying to visually, you know, let you know that this is it, this thing is mimicking her and is becoming her. You know, trying to soak up her essence or whatever. But it was just kind of you know weird it kind of reminded me sort of that uh from the lucille ball show lucille uh lucille ball and chico doing that weird you know mirror um they 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 think that they you know they're looking in a mirror or whatever that whole kind of dance it was just kind of disconcerting for me from that standpoint but uh, right i kept waiting for her to use that against it i'm like well, you got somebody mirroring you like that and you know that's what they're going to do then you just play to that well, and she did, right? I know she did. It took her a long oh, time, though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't have the answers. I don't know what move I'd have made to have, you know, ditched the thing. But it seemed yeah. like she she did a couple of things. It's like you could have predicted that that wasn't going to work because you know it's copying you. Well, and then there was that whole the white phosphorus grenade. Uh, in both cases, in one case they use it to destroy the, I guess the the original husband, and then I suppose if we're going to buy the premise, the original uh, uh, doctor, whatever her name was, um, 
but I mean, is there something specific? And then the second one actually set everything on fire. I mean, was that? Oh, why didn't oh, the first one do trope? That? Burn it with fire, always. Okay, well, oh duh, how did I miss that? Yeah, Lord, I am slipping. Uh, yeah, but yeah, fire. Um, so why did the second one? You know, and I don't. Maybe it's not that big a deal, but why did the second one burn everything to the ground? Did it feel like it had uh, uh, gotten the perfect doppelganger, and so then it just allowed the phosphorus to consume? Uh, yeah, and why did that burning know. there take down everything everywhere, including the shimmer? Um, right. You know, so so to some extent that leads you to believe that everything was connected. That yeah. all or, of those, everything from the crystal trees to the human topiaries to the croc shark, um, all just you know disintegrated when that phosphorus fire went down. Or, or was it because the shimmer, the essence of the shimmer, whatever this thing is, moved into Natalie Portman and/or yeah. her doppelganger husband, uh, and so it didn't need any of that, and it just allowed it to be. Consumes because they've they've uh, accomplished whatever they yeah. wanted. Man, but the I end game the end game for whatever it was was to create the clone of Natalie Portman, and once it had done that, it could discard everything else. You know, yeah, become fully human or something, or fully you know like life on this planet. This this whole business of you know showing up on a planet and not giving a damn about the life that's already there and kind of doing uh goes back to forever war i don't remember i don't know if you remember that part of that where um early on in the story they landed on a, some planet somewhere and they just started working through what in my mind sounded i remember as brush and there was like little animals like bunnies and gophers and they wanted you know killing all this stuff only to find out later that that was like the intelligent life on the planet you know yeah Yeah. um so you know that's it's kind of we're on the receiving end of that here and i don't i mean what the heck is the objective why would you want to clone i mean why would you want to make doppelgangers is i mean the the reason you do that in order to infiltrate the enemy you know that kind of i the fact that that's the end game is Lay the groundwork because maybe, again, you know, I'm going to have to read these blast books. And when I was looking for an audio book to read this morning or listen to, I came across this one. I'm thinking, well, I'll watch the movie first and then I'll uh, read the book. But it almost makes you think that there is this, uh, maybe there is more of these beings out there and they sent their scout ahead to learn how to adapt to the the DNA of um, people so that they could have bodies for their disembodied beings. Yeah, the fact that the whole, I mean, the movie was going one direction when we've been describing it as this virus hit the earth and it was, you know, mutating things and taking over and spreading and expanding. It took an interesting turn when suddenly this fire killed off everything only to produce a doppelganger. It's like, what? That's a completely different direction here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe this is a, and again, maybe it's people putting it in terms they understand, but maybe this was actually a lab experiment and all this DNA stuff was experimenting this piece things together and see how things work, see what doesn't work, see how everything interacts with each other so that they could better understand the DNA so that, uh, and maybe the husband was the first attempt at it, 
and that didn't go so well. Then they took the the, and it just happened to be his wife. Maybe it's just pure coincidence. Yeah, and they got it yeah. right that time. And then they go, okay, uh, experiments done. We've made things work. Let's get rid of this stuff and move to the next phase. Uh, whatever it that could have been. Be. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, I keep saying it. I'm gonna have to read books here, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. This this movie is a, is an example of uh, why I like to watch movies first before reading books because you know two hour investment in a movie leaves me wanting more. Now I can go for me read a book that'll take me I don't know ten ten hours or something to read, um, and I will get more. I will get that depth that I didn't get in the movie. Whereas if you read the books first and you want more, um, then. You, you can't get any more than a book. A movie doesn't give you more. <laughs> it gives you the same thing in a different format, but it doesn't give you more. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's this. I yeah this this movie is it's 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 absolutely in, enthralling. I mean, I remember watching it basically with my jaw dropped the entire two hours it was just beautiful and and what was going on was completely engrossing Um, but when you sit back and think about what did you just see what the hell was that and what happened and (laughs) and huh and and why and all of those things um it is i mean i'm with you jeff i really kind of like the fact that it doesn't wrap up and give you satisfaction and whatever it leaves you with all kinds of questions that are like what just happened yeah, you're really left on your own to to decide for yourself, and there's no like the, it never gets to a point where it tells you if you're right or wrong. Like you just get to make that decision, and then <laughs> that's it. I wonder if the you books are any different, where they they let you know. I've little... I've read the synopsis for a couple of the books, and it's it it sounds like they're somewhat similar, but I would say. They're probably more different than they are similar. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if they can just fill in, I mean, they don't have to like you know spoon feed us everything, but if they could just maybe have just a little bit more connective tissue, so that you know that it, uh, you still want to have you know I guess that's the thing we've always said book uh, movies like this or you know books like that too that leave you uh, hanging gives you something to talk about but it would be nice just to, I don't know just a little bit more in there just to kind of something to follow something to grasp or something to anticipate maybe right well one of the things that putting the movie together like they did is almost a little bit like being there because you don't have a lot of information a lot about i mean if if you were these people that we were following along with you wouldn't know what the hell you're up against either no you you wouldn't know if this is an alien came to invade the earth or just some virus that was taking over the planet you would simply have to deal with what was presented with you and it is a mystery and it is up to you to figure it out and in the case of this particular uh, for lack of a better term i keep keep calling it a way team um they put a bunch of scientific minds out there to, to look at it from different perspectives and you know try and figure out what's happening and even that nobody had a real consensus as far as what it was yeah. um, they could describe some things they could make some observations about you know you know these 
supposedly um, genetically genetic impossibilities of you know crossing a, a shark with a croc um, have happened, and we don't know how, we don't know where or when or you know was there a mama croc and a, and a baby shark or you know what <laughs> I don't know. So um, so yeah, there was. Uh, you know, we were left with a lot of the same questions that you would have had if you had been in that in their shoes. You have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I said, that was basically you know all the tech that we had in here. So I, I mean, you know, we traditionally we asked the question: Was there something in this movie that you wanted? Uh, I mean, is that a bad question to ask here? Was there anything that? <laughs> I mean, no. do we, we want to mess with our DNA? Do we want to? Okay, let's put it this way: If you could mess with your DNA, <laughs> what what would you do? I mean, would you like uh, uh, wings? Uh, I mean, uh, to be able to fly, super strength, uh, intelligence. I mean, okay, you've got you got a chance to mess with your DNA. What would you want to do? I wanted. I would want to become far more cold tolerant than I am. I would like to live on this planet in less than five layers of clothing on any given day. Oh, sign me up for that. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I I whine a lot about the cold, but uh, okay, that's that's you know or tolerance. You know, okay, uh, Jeff, is there any trait that you would like to well fiddle not- with? Nothing that's like in the movie. There wasn't one single thing that happened in the movie that I would consider a positive outcome. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't want uh, multiple rows of teeth. No, I don't want to turn into a rose bush or uh, <laughs> start growing multiple rows of teeth or turn into a bear that is the the vocalizes the dying screams of the last woman that I murder. Right. <laughs> like, nor nor do you want the phosphorus grenades or you know the. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. The bear might be nice for me to walk around the school. Then maybe I could actually scare the kids into picking up stuff after themselves. Was uh, it here? Was that bear about the creepiest thing I've ever se- you guys have ever seen? Like pretty damn close. Yeah, that was. Okay. It's scary enough, but then when it goes to roar and it screams like in a human uh, voice. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, when you shoot it, it doesn't really phase it much. You know, they yeah. did finally kill it after you know I don't know fifty rounds or something. But yeah. uh, you basically blew half of its face off, and it just kind of looked at you and like, yeah, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was there was I mean, as they, they, this was described as a sci-fi horror film, and. Okay, I don't particularly like horror films, um, and there were certainly horror elements to this film. But no, this I wouldn't was call way... this horror. I would. I wouldn't said either. There was no a suspenseful. Yep. Right. I wouldn't say horror. I would. I either. mean, Aliens is horror. This had its you know a, a couple of moments. But yeah, it was. I yeah, horror is a bit strong. Suspense. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and there's, right there. there certainly were moments of horror. I mean, right. when somebody's standing on the deck of a house and gets pulled back, you know, and you know goes under. Yeah, I mean, and the and the bear with the human voice and the you know the guts moving. I mean, there was certainly horror elements to this film. Yeah, um, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I this doesn't fit my definition of horror. I don't know what that no. definition is, but I would not describe this as horror. 
Well, and even sus- well, I mean, it, it was suspenseful, but not like you know a Hitchcock type suspense where I uh, you, you're curious about stuff, but it wasn't like the tension kept getting ratcheted up until you got closer to the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a heavy suspense film, but yeah, you there was it's more like the anticipation of uh, of something, uh, possible dread of something. But you know, you, you know, I guess we're arguing about words here, right? But, uh, and I was just thinking that there's no more horror in this film than there is in like a James and a Bond movie. You know, it's there's certainly scenes of violence, without a doubt. Well, I think as far as horror goes, it probably ranks up there with uh, Starship Troopers, but that was its own horror. But um, <laughs> <Bada boom. laughs> yeah, uh huh. Okay, so I guess you know um, we're just kind of the DNA thing. Yeah, maybe we tweak something. But... Crystal trees? I don't know. Do I want a crystal tree? As long as it doesn't kill me and turn me into a human topiary? Maybe. Sure. Well, that you know, was something cool, like that. Yeah. Yeah, those were yeah. cool. All I could think of when I saw those, all I could think of was a Shrike from Hyperion. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, all yeah. Right. Yeah, that I yeah. missed that one. Yep. That right. uh, and uh, on a side note, that oh, you know, yeah, we know Jeff, you love you love that book. So much. <laughs> uh, Hated it. Yeah, but to uh, me, this this kind of echoes Hyperion, where there's a lot going on that you don't understand, and that until you get to the end. And I have the feeling the books are like that. There's just there's going to have to be a lot of ramp up, and you're not going to get satisfaction yeah. until you get to the end. It's a slow burn, and yep. you know, and you know, Hyperion certainly the first book was a slow, very slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and this may be the same way that you know we've got some stuff here, and then you know maybe when you get to the next book, it just keeps ratcheting up. So yeah, I, yeah, okay. I I see three more books in my future I here. I know so. it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, we've covered this. I, you know, we've said everything I think we're going to say about it. Yep. Uh, we all seem to be thumbs up on this movie. So, um, you know, if somebody wants to go, you know, watch it. And if they, if, if you guys have some insight that we haven't seen, you know, uh, let us know on Twitter or uh, email or whatever. Um, but uh, so that wraps up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can check us out. Uh, at scifitechtalk.com or follow us on Twitter at scifitechtalk. If you have any ideas or comments, please send them to greetings at scifitechtalk.com and reviews on iTunes are always welcome. Julie, where can people find you? (laughs) Huddled in the corner under a blanket. Um, (laughs) But I can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E, K-U-E-H-L and links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And Jeff, where can uh, people learn more about you? People can follow me on Twitter at Bronco Sire. That's S-Y-E-R. And if anybody wants to hear what I have to say when I'm under my electric blanket down in my fortress of solitude down in the basement here, you can follow me on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to uh, hear some non-sci-fi stuff, you can uh, check me out on Geekiest Show Ever uh, at geekiestshowever.com. And we are coming up on our 300th episode. We're a few... 200. Uh, 200. Uh, 
No, for Geekiest Show, oh, we're coming Geekiest up on our... Show? Oh, <laughs> Yes, we're coming up on our 300th episode and about 150 uh, episodes for me because, you know, there's been a few different hosts along the way. So, yeah, we're we're working up to having a little special thing there. But, yeah, on Sci-Fi Tech Talk here, yes, we're coming up on our 200th um, anniversary, which is next episode. So we're going to, uh, on that, we're going to take a look back at our favorite stories and, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, have inspired <laughs> us and how we feel about things. So it's just going to be kind of a i don't want to say reminiscing that makes us sound old but it's going to be a uh, a talk about us and science fiction and uh, what brought us uh, us to it but uh that's it for this show and we'll see you in the future